You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we are here with a, a special friend, Bart Noonan from West Boulevard Ministries. Now, Charlotte's inner ring has seen a lot of growth and changes over the last 10 years with areas north, south, and east of Uptown really being rebuilt into newer, fresher areas. That growth is slowly creeping west too, but still has a long ways to go. Someone who knows that as well as anybody is Bart Noonan from West Boulevard Ministries, one of Charlotte's most solid post-war middle-class neighborhoods. Uh, West Boulevard has been split by uh, an interstate and dotted with high-poverty enclaves over the last 50 years. And Bart is really the catalyst who is reaching out to lift up those folks living there. And we're so excited to hear more about your ministry, what you're doing for the people. And thank you so much for joining us, Bart, for our one of the newest podcasts that we've recorded in our brand new Brand Butter Studio Welcome. Well, thank you, gentlemen. I, I really appreciate um, extending the invitation to come in and speak with you guys about West Boulevard Ministry and the West Boulevard Corridor um, and the happenings and going on over there, you know, in the last couple of years. Um, you know, as I sit here and Brian, thank you for the introduction. Uh, you know, where do you, where does this story start? You know, um, it, it really, for me, it started years and decades ago. Um, through my problems with addiction and alcoholism, you know, it was, um, it was through God sustaining me through those 22 years of addiction with alcohol and cocaine that really brought me to West Boulevard. You know, I was talking to my dad one time when West Boulevard ministry was just starting up, we'll be two years old in March of this year. And I was driving down West Boulevard and I said, dad, my whole life got me right here on West Boulevard. And, uh, it's very humbling. Um, but, you know, we all have to go, we all go through things in our life. You know, uh, when we sit back there, we get a few years underneath our belt. Um, there are a lot of areas that each one of us, men, women, uh, you know, children that we fall. And it's, it's about getting back up and continuing to push forward. Um, you know, I, gr- I grew up here in Charlotte. I moved from Miami, Coral Gables, Miami. My parents from the Midwest. My dad... You know, I ended up growing up in Miami. It could have been Minnesota, it could have been Dallas, but he ended up playing for the Miami Dolphins. So, you know what? It was Coral Gables, Miami. And growing up in that type of environment where, um, you know, you could pretty much do whatever you wanted to do. And I did that and some more um, <laughs> at a very young age. Um, you know, we moved to Charlotte in 1981. Uh, you spent our summers in Blowing Rock, so we were familiar with North Carolina. But when I moved to Charlotte, Um, you know, at 10 years old, that was like, all right, now the second stage of my life is going to start and, uh, have been here ever since, except for those years, Scott, of course, that I was in, uh, Greenville, uh, North Carolina, go pirates. Um, pirates. Yeah. So, you know, I graduated from Charlotte Latin here in town, but you know, by the time I was, you know, 16, I would say I had an alcohol problem and, um, you know, seeing the effects of that at an early age, it, it really hit me square in the gut. Um, at 16, when me and a friend of mine went out, we were, we set him up with a, uh, a friend of mine's, uh, my girlfriend at the time, a friend of, a friend of hers. And, and we were at, you know, hanging out in the Mint Museum, Museum Drive. And, uh, my friend Johnny, uh, decided to take his keys off the mantle and go for a spin. And he didn't make it off Hempstead. You know, I found him wrapped around an oak tree, um, on Hempstead. So at 16 years old, um, a very traumatic event happened in my life, but 
the, the way that I behaved, I continued to push it down. And, 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 um, and I did that with alcohol and then drugs. So, but I have reconciled that. I've come to terms with that. Um, I, I carry Johnny with me every day on West Boulevard. So you can, when I tell you his spirit is alive and well and he is thriving, uh, that's 100% right there. So, you know, fast forward, you know, East Carolina, I know that uh, I just spoke about East Carolina, and, and that's where really things sort of t- t- took a turn to some uh, harder drugs and uh, went there to play baseball. Um, my baseball coach at the time, Coach Overton, he was the very first person ever asked me after my first year. He said, Bart, you got a, a drug or alcohol problem? And I said, no. And um, he was the first person I lied to. And he, he told me to step away and, and get myself together. And I stepped away and I never went back. So, you know, that type of behavior, it took different things from me. And, um, and I went on that course for, for quite some time. Uh, 19, I'll just fast forward 1998. Um, you know, I was in a bad automobile accident. I just started seeing my girlfriend, who is my wife right now, Rain. And um, and that was another instance where, where God showed up and did something for me that I couldn't do for myself, and, and he kept me alive. And, uh, and I was on I-77. Uh, it was horrific. But, um, you know, s- shortly after that, uh, our daughter Lindsay was born, and then um, Josh came along. And uh, here I was, a, a father of, of two children, and... Um, I didn't know how to be a husband or a father, and I was confused, and I was scared, fearful, and um, I, I dove deeper into that hole and uh, tried to run away from, from my family and, and from God and from everybody else and from my relationships, my friendships that, you know, I'd had through the years here in Charlotte, and um, I was very alone. Now, you know, in and out of rehabs and uh, – it seems like every two years I have to take a vacation to get away from Bart. But wherever Bart went, there Bart was. And, um, and I wasn't ready for change yet. Um, in 2006, uh, after I'd been out of the house for a year, a wife took a restraining order out on me and I had to leave for a year. Um, after that, I went to a place called Hebron Colony Ministries in the mountains of North Carolina in Boone. It's right next to Hound Ears. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that, is, that was a Christ-centered uh, facility for men. They have a sister campus in Santee, South Carolina for women. Uh, men get clean and sober by, with men and, and women get clean and sober with women. You, you start crossing those lines, we get a lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so Hebrew Colony is where I really, for, for me, I found the truth uh, about my Lord and Savior. And, um, and I grew up Catholic, but uh, I, just, I just couldn't make that connection. And uh, so, so I learned a lot in those 10 weeks there, and I came back, and I was good for about three months. And we were at a Knights baseball game, and I remember going to the bathroom, and I came back, and it was a hot day. It was when they were playing down in Rock Hill, and that cold beer coming out of them taps looked awful good, and I made a decision. And um, I came back to my seat after I drank one, and I had one in my hand, and my wife looked at me, and the look on Rain's face, and she, we had the Lindsay next to me, and then Josh, and she was down to my left, and, and she looked at me like the gates of hell just opened up. And I'll tell you what, guys, they had opened up again. Um, when I talk about that past, it, I'd like to try, you know, sometimes I, I, I say, uh, you know, people say, you know, I lived in darkness. I got news. I was darkness. And, um, you know, whether it was, you know, affecting my family in a negative manner or my friendships, um, and I was a drug dealer for years, it, it, you know, I, I, there was a ripple effect to my behavior to a lot of folks. So, and that, that'll be something I'll do, be living amends for, for the rest of my life. But, um, so I continue on, and then 
actually seven years ago this upcoming Tuesday, January 15th, 2012, I woke up. And I was staying in the back of my house. It wasn't because I was shot at, again, or it wasn't because I took the rent money, or it wasn't because I did anything else. I just, I felt, I understood and I came face to face with that I wasn't broken in an ugly way. That I was beautifully broken and I was broken just right. And that at 40 years old, I'd done nothing but take, that I hadn't been a father, that I hadn't been a husband, that um, I'd been afforded every opportunity and grace and mercy had been shown to me so long that I couldn't outrun God's grace. And I had to make a decision of whether I was going to, you know, end my life or I was going to give my life away. And um, obviously I'm sitting here with you guys and, and I made the uh, right decision to, to, to give my life away to, um, to the gospel. And uh, my, my wife came home and I told her, I said, I'm going to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. And she said, uh, so what? I got the so what for about a year. Because it's not, when, when folks like myself or someone that, that has an addiction problem, the biggest way that we can get across our point, if we're you know, searching for that uh, or we're on that new path, is about what we're going to do, not about what we're going to say. Because we've been talking and we've been running our mouth for years. It's about what we do. It's all about action. And whatever you guys, the great job you guys do at your Dunstan Group, it's about action. It's about what we're pouring into our um, I, want, I don't even want to call them clients. I want to, let's call them relationships, friends, because um, that's what it's about. So, you know, it's about what I was going to do. And uh, then I went to volunteer because I was unemployable at the time. And I went to volunteer at a, a nonprofit called Beds for Kids, which I saw on the big screen at church uh, two days prior. And I went there and volunteered in excess of 1,200, 1200 hours that first year and just went there and did something different. And I remember folks coming and saying, you know, let's say I was at six months clean and sober and I was going to meetings and I'm going to church and I'm praying and all this stuff. Like, man, Bart, you need to go find a job. Rain and Lindsay, Rain's been carrying things for quite some time and, and it's time for you to get a, a job. And that's not what I was looking for, a job. And I said, now, hold on a second. You're, so what you're telling me is I'm giving my life away and God has sustained my family through all this hell that I put him through. And now that I'm working to do the right thing one day at a time. He's not going to take care of me and my family now. I said, that's impossible. So, you know, that's where faith comes in. And, and listen, I didn't go to seminary school. You know, I got my PhD um, in a different, different realm. Um, one of the big identifiers for each one of us is pain. You know, in one shape or, fo- one way, one shape or form, you know, we've all been through some pain at this table in our lives. And, um, so that's the that's the great that's the great common denominator and similarity. So I, how do I take that pain and how do I do, turn it into something constructive and flip the script? And, and what how I had to do that was just by giving myself away, being of service to others, you know. Um, so and ended up at Beds for Kids for four and a half great years. Learned a lot. Uh, learned a lot about the nonprofit side. And become they brought me on staff as director of operations. Uh, they were a year old when I got there. Um, towards the end, God was showing me for about a year, Bart, it was time for you to move on. And man, I started getting a little ornery because when we get comfortable in the space and, you know, whether it's God and whatever, and I'm a big believer in this. I'm, I'm not so pompous that I'm just going to say, you know what, if, if, you know, my God's got to be your God. I I don't operate like that. If whatever your religion is or whatever that you believe in, I just, I just challenge people to own it a hundred percent and it will reveal itself to you. You know, um, 
I just know what my relationship with Jesus Christ means to me. And, and he saved my life, and I do what I do because he did what he did for me. So, so I, I left. I resigned. And, and Rain looks at me because I, I would come home and I'd tell her that I'm just not happy. Some things are going like this and that. And she's like, Bart, we got Lindsay's a senior in high school. Josh is a junior. Both of our kids are at Myers Park, and, and, you know, college is coming up. We don't have any college savings, you know, all this stuff. And I said, honey, I can't. I got to leave. I have to listen because I'm not where I need to be. And he has something else for, for me, for us, um, and I have, to listen to that. I have to listen to the Holy Spirit. So I resigned, and uh, I went from that. And you guys heard me talking to the guys from Mako out there. I went and ended up climbing underneath houses and put insulation up, climbing on my belly, my hands and my knees in dirt, getting bit by spiders, and I had a horrible infection one time on my arm, and I just had to do what I had to do and be patient and pray and, and still continue to be um, a good person to, to anybody and everybody. It gave me another outlet to sort of be around some guys that I typically probably wouldn't be around. I, I mean, I probably heard the F-bomb dropped a thousand times a day, but you know what? None of those F-bombs were coming out of my mouth, you know, because I had to change the way I spoke as well. Um, and then in December of uh, 2016, I was at church once again in inner city ministry. God laid it on my heart. And so it was such an easy lateral move for me because it bets for kids. And, guys, stop! you can stop me talking at any point in time. No, man. Uh, Keep going. I mean, because it, all it is, the great thing about it is when I come into an environment like this, and, and once again, thank you guys for having me, um, to, to not really to share, my, to share God's story through me because that's what this is. Um, all I got to do is go tell the truth. You know, I used to live where all I did was just always trying to backtrack, cover my lies. I live my life, and I, in so many different ways, I used to say, I, I used to live my life in the rearview mirror. Um, not only was I trying to cover, do I have to cover myself for something I said before or did, or literally, am I driving my car and my plates are out of date? My license is suspended, so I need to be looking in that rearview mirror, honestly, guys. For is a cop there? Because where am I going to dip to the right or the left to get the hell out of this situation? So, you know, living the, not having to live that life in the rearview mirror is just so freeing. There's so much freedom in it. So, inner city ministry, and because what I love to do about beds, at beds for kids is, you know, we beds for kids does beds and furniture for families that transition out of homelessness or hit some hard times. But I used to find myself circling back to these families that that I would find a, would have a strong connection with and developing these deep relationships with them. You know, and getting to know the moms and getting to know the, the children. And, and, you know, sometimes the dads were in the homes too. But, you know, that's a whole other podcast of, of us men stepping up because I don't care what zip code you're in. You can throw a dart at a map of Charlotte. And there's men. They might be physically in the home, but they're not in that home um, spiritually or pouring into their wife or children. So I don't want to get in on that soapbox. But <laughs> nonetheless. You're right. Though. Preach, brother. Yeah. Preach. Um, but I love the relationship side of it. Um, the, I'm not just talking about like some frou-frou relationship. I'm talking about an intentional, open relationship where there's mutual respect between the two individuals. You're humble with each other. You're honest. You're open. You're willing to discuss the hard things, the things that a lot of people don't want to talk about. But we have to just peel that onion back in our relationship, and that comes from showing up and having deep having conversations. But you have to have a starting point. Everything needs a starting point. So I was like, well, what's this thing going to look like? In West Boulevard was, was a – I live in Sedgefield, so West Boulevard is right down across the way. 
Um, I already had some strong relationships with some schools, some churches, the police department in there. And I, and I say that, I sort of chuckle because instead of running from the police <laughs> or wondering what I had on me when they pulled me over. Friends with them now. That's right. Now I'm working with them. And, and I'll tell you, our, 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 um, our first responders are some amazing individuals. When, you, when they take that uh, uniform off, there's, there are people just like you and I. Listen, I don't have a problem with the police anymore. You want to know why? Because I'm not doing anything I shouldn't be doing. That's just for me. Pretty easy when you look at it that way, man. So um, our mission at West Boulevard Ministries is to serve the spiritual and physical needs of the families of the communities in the West Boulevard Corridor to the glory of Jesus Christ, period. Now, we're not out there standing on the street corner thumping a Bible on anyone's head. I'm a big believer that you have to, I have to, my actions and the way that I love on people have to emulate Jesus before I can talk. Jesus. Because if I go in there and I'm being inconsistent in my behavior, inconsistent on how we serve um, these pockets in this community, um, then when I have when I have an opportunity to say something, it's really not going to hold much weight. Because everyone's watching, just like at home with our children, how our children watch us. They're not so much sometimes listening to us. I used to, used to always say, you know, do as I say, don't do as I do. But now living, like I try to live today, I can say, hey, just watch dad. And then if you want to listen to me, sometimes listen to me. But what I do is going to show you who I am. You know, as water reflects a face, so a man's heart reflects the man. That's out of Proverbs. Um, So, you know, we do all kinds of different things over there. You know, so it started up in our office out of Universal Moral Baptist Church. If you go to westboulevardblvdministry.org, you can look at our website and see some of the different events we do and, and the impact that we're trying to have in the community. We're just trying to go walk and live life with folks. You know, we're not trying to, you know, reinvent the wheel. We are uh, not going over there with a savior complex. Like, we're the only ones that can do this. Listen, it's pretty simple. We're just trying to love on people the best we can. And, um, you know, we've had code events uh, where this past year we gave, we had two separate code events, one at H.O. Grand Presbyterian Church and one at Little Rock Apartments. We gave over 1,000 coats away there. And then we also, because we still had some leftover, we pass them on to a church in Gastonia, to a church down in Rock Hill. You know, so it's not always about, you know, what, what can we do in our immediate area, but how can we also um, possibly affect the communities that surround the West Boulevard Quarter? And even if that stretches, even going to Gaston County and going to Rock Hill, it doesn't matter. So, um, you know, doing things like that, a spring break events. Um, we got a big spring break event coming up uh, in April, April 19th to Friday at H.O. Grand Presbyterian Church for Children in the Neighborhood. 99% of these children that live in this corridor are not going to the beach, to the beach house on spring break. So we try to have, you know, bouncy houses, you know, ice, uh, icy truck, kind of ice truck, uh, you know, uh, games that they can play, prizes they can win to give them something to look forward to. This will be our second one there. Um, sponsoring a basketball team right now down at Southview Rec Center. Um, West Boulevard Ministry sponsoring team, and there's, there's eight uh, young kids, 10-year-olds on the team that – West Boulevard sponsoring it. That means they didn't have to pay that fee, but now they're a part of a team. It's a lot of these kids, I think six out of eight, this is the first time they've played in a, on a team. That's powerful. You know, you know, guys, we're going to leave here and we go home, and our kids, yeah, my kids, what season is it? Okay, they're playing baseball. They're playing football. They're playing basketball. And we don't – you don't really know until you know. You know, and uh, and the way I was conditioned, I guess, earlier, all the, the hell that I lived in, I'm, I'm one of those I like to run to the fire, not away from it. Um, 
because we have some amazing children out there in underserved portions of our city, underserved portions of our state, underserved portions of our country, underserved portions of our world that need men and women to stand up to walk with them. Now, listen, I, I think going to make disciples of all nations and going all over the world, I think it's great too. But for me, um, my mission is right in my backyard here at Charlotte. You know, there's a lot of great organizations doing a lot of great things in this town. Uh, I, I would One of my dreams is for us all to work a little bit better with one another and sort of come under one umbrella and, and, and do this thing together and meet on a consistent basis. That would be something cool. Um, we just actually finished, uh, we, uh, we have a very deep relationship with Little Rock Apartments and the property management uh, company there that runs that, and that took about a year and a half to really get that relationship on solid footing. But we started a uh, children's Bible study slash bingo night this past uh, Wednesday. It was our first one. We're going to have it once a month for starters. And it's, it gives us an opportunity to bring kids in and talk a little bit Jesus, have a little, uh, read some stories and have some conversations, a little Q&A session. Then we play bingo. And we give the ch- kid wins bingo, they can come up and pick their prize out. It got to a point Wednesday where I had one volunteer won, and he got a basketball. One of the West Boulevard ministry team member volunteers, and he, who doesn't have a basketball, and he gave it to a, a young man. Um, and that sort of started a snowball effect because some other kids that, that by the time the prize table started to shrink, you know, maybe there wasn't something that was appropriate that they wanted. So they, I saw three different kids pick a prize and go give it to somebody else. I mean, that's powerful. And, and as I told these kids, too, I said there were 15 kids there. And I said, listen, if just one of you showed up tonight, we're going to be here. Well, it's going to go off. So that, and and now this is the last thing I'll say, because I have to, we have to take approach in the parables. It talks, one of the parables, uh, you know, they have prodigal son. Oh, Bart, you're the prodigal son. You came back. The one I love is, is is the good shepherd. And, And he leaves the 99 to go find the one every time. He, have to, he left the 99 to come find me every day, put me on his shoulders, bring me back to the flock, and the next morning I got up and I left again. And he kept coming back. Why can't we fight? As, and I can just talk about this because we're men in this room. Why can't we fight for people like, like, what, like God fought for us or, or whoever it may be that fought for you? You know, why can't we take that same approach just because they might not have the last name as ours and they might look a little bit different, whether they're, you know, a different skin color or they're a different nationality. I, we need to get over that in a Damn big right. way. And if they're breathing and they're moving and they have an issue or somewhere that any one of us can help out and walk along and prop them up or let them lean on us and us to live life with them, that's what needs to take place. And we need to get away from the thing of name calling each other, taking sides. Listen, it's called humanity, period. And if I'm not practicing, if I'm practicing the right things doing my home, I'm under obligation to take that out of my, in my city. If, if we're given these gifts, well, let's don't hoard them, you know. Um, we got to give them away. We have to be vessels of love, vessels of peace, vessels of hope. You know, I used to be a dope dealer. Now I'm a hope dealer, you know, Love I'm it, slinging man. hope, you know, I'm out there selling hope, dime bags, nickel bags. You want an eight ball of hope? I got an eight ball of hope for you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
Bart, you mentioned, and this is uh, to go, I mean, thank you for sharing that powerful story. And I think a lot of people listening will really take that and, and hopefully, you know, use that in their life as they move forward. But you, you talk a little bit about the neglected part of the city and you talk about working together. And I think one of the biggest challenges we have right now is everybody wants their home, their home, and they don't want to worry about anybody else, whether that's South Charlotte, North Charlotte, mm. it is what it is. You just kind of turn the other way, you know, what would be your advice for, for citizens of this community? And, and how we can bring everybody together to, to let people realize that it isn't just South Charlotte that you need to worry about. You need to worry about everything. And how do you get uh, an opportunity to do that? I mean, what would be your advice for somebody that maybe is just peeking over yeah. the ledge saying, you know what, maybe maybe I should go over there and maybe I should support. Maybe I should help out. Well, I, you know, that's a great question. Thank you, Brian. And, and, and I know exactly what I'm going to say, but I just don't know how it's going to come out. <laughs> um I am a big believer that, um, first of all, in service, or let's call it volunteerism. Now, that's going to look different to everybody because each one of us has got some different talents. Different things are important to us. You know, different things pull at our hearts. Um, you know, there's a lot of different organizations in Charlotte. I just challenge you to go get involved in one of them. Just start it with one of them. Now, listen, if, if, if pets is something that you love and that's dear to your heart, you know, the Humane Society, okay, that's an easy one. You know, uh, feeding the homeless. Um, and there's a lot of different things there, but find out, and you might go into something, and it might, as long as you're doing something, and that's the action part. Life is about action. If you're putting some action to it, you might be diverted to something else, but you didn't know that until you started getting involved in place A. But it might, you might end up at F. I don't know. But we don't know unless you try, unless you put yourself, because one of the biggest things that we all can share is time. Time is very valuable to all of us. So if you take time away, and for men especially, of starting to lead that charge in our homes, it can have a profound effect. And not only the individuals you touch, but the profound effect on your children in your own home. And I say that from personal experience. Um, so being involved in go get involved. You're going to figure out the other stuff, but because the hardest step for a lot of folks, just like hardest, hardest step for the folks that I serve in the West Baltimore corridor is through the doorway of their home to go get involved because fear, fear of the unknown, fear of how it's going to turn out. It's going to turn out. We're not going to know until you find out, you know? So years ago, you know, taking my son with me when I was at beds for kids, um, and, and taking my daughter as well, um, you know, I, I just knew that I, that's something I had to do. Um, last year, my son's a senior in high school, and he comes to me, and he says, uh, he says, Dad, uh, me and Elise, a good friend of his, one of his best friends, she's at Wake Forest now, he says, we want to tutor students after school. I was like, man, that's awesome, man. That's great. How, how can I help you? You know, I just sort of said, how can I help you? Just nonchalantly. And, and he says, well, we've talked about it. And um, dad, we want to go where you go. I mean, coming from where I came from and not being the right role model or influence for, for so long to hear you know, here I am seven years, or that was six years later, five and a half years later, that he says, I want to go. And what he meant by this, I want to go to West Boulevard. And they went down to Southview Rec Center every Thursday 
not missing one every Thursday and spent two hours with these children to help them with their homework. It's making a difference. You know, we all think we got to go make a difference. We got to go raise $50,000 for organization or do this. No. By just passing and doing that starting point of getting involved, more will be revealed. Trust me. But a lot of us don't want to feel uncomfortable. We don't want to go into a space where I really don't know what to say. Well, listen, keep going back and you're going to figure that out. Because the most important thing is that you're there. And, um, you know, I mean, I'd really love to see some type of revival in volunteerism um, happen in the city. There's a lot of people doing it. There's a lot of folks not doing it. You know, um, there's a lot of great groups of men, whether it's a group of succession, a corner society that, that work together as a group of men and, and adopt different causes. Uh, you know, Scott, you're, 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 you're that's you're, how we met. Yeah. Through succession. And, 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 we were the beneficiary of a full beneficiary of a golf tournament this past year, which, which pushes our mission forward. You know, so it's really just connecting the dots, but we can't, none of us can connect the dots unless we put ourselves out there to be a dot, you know? So I'll tell you, I told the guys from Mako before I came in here and I'm just so blessed because I don't, and I believe, and I really do believe this is the same thing about the Dunstan group. I don't think you guys have a job. I don't I have, feel like I don't it. have a job. I, ha- I get up, I live life, uh, have a good time doing it. Um, I like being around positive people that are doing positive things. And listen, whether you're working in, in branding merchandise for, for, for relationships and friendships that you have in businesses, or you're an insurance agent, or you work on cars, or, or whatever you do, you can make an impact in your community from exactly where you're at. You know, we always have to think, you oh, know, I got to go, you know, um, go crawl halfway across the world to be a missionary, or I got to go start a ministry in the inner city. No, that is not the way it's supposed to be. We are working together as a body and as a team. And then if we put ourselves out there and, um, and then someone else, and I call him God, he's going to put us together for the kingdom here on earth. Amen, brother. I love it, man. Well, Woo. I, <laughs> I almost don't know where to start, but, you know, in, in closing here, you know, Bart, um, it's been an absolute pleasure to listen to your story, to listen a little bit more about West Boulevard Ministries. But before we do let you go, please let us know how can people get in touch with you and how can they, you know, hopefully donate their time to really make an impact? Well, and I will, I'll start off by saying this, whether it's with West Boulevard Ministry or it's with any other organization within this city, um, just get involved somewhere. Uh, you can contact me through our website, West W-E-S-T Boulevard, B-L-V-D, Ministry, M-I-N-I-S-T-R-Y.org. You can look at some of the events we've done uh, in the news section, the gallery, and then we have a photo gallery. Um, what I, at West Boulevard Ministry, excuse me, all about intentional relationships. Now, some places you can go serve, and I don't, some, I call it check the box. You know, I went, I did this. I am all about folks coming to be involved for a while. You know, to get to come come with us and do work some of our events, to go outside of them and start having a conversation with some individuals, sit down and talk to that mom, sit down and talk to that aunt. Maybe the second time you see her, you exchange phone numbers. But to live life, West Boulevard Ministry is really a bridge into the West Boulevard Corridor to shine a light. And let's start... You know, it's a bridge, but a bridge is not always supposed to go one way. A bridge goes in both directions. 
goes in both directions. So, you know, we, and, and I say that to an extent because there's a lot of things, and I just, because it is West Boulevard, I speak of the West Boulevard corridor, that some of these, some kids don't get to experience. You know, we got chosen as a recipient from something from next door this year. We took this family, this single mom and her five boys to a, a, a race, NASCAR race. It was awesome. I mean, to see these kids' faces light up, whether it's going to a Hornets game or a Charlotte Knights game. Um, and, and believe me, when I said that bridge is a two-way street because each individual is going to receive something from that relationship. You know, and this single mom I'm speaking about, if you look on our website, go to the blog, she's a superstar in my eyes. You know, she works 50, 55 hours a week, um, you know, cleaning hotel rooms. 36 years old, never had a license before. And uh, her and I got together, you know, four months ago, five months ago, started making a plan. And I'd pick her up in the morning, and I, get, I gave her a little Chromebook to study. And uh, she started studying for a license. We're gonna let's let's get a driver's license. And, well, what about a car? I said, listen, God will take care of all that. We got to do first things first. We need to have a process to how we're gonna execute that end goal. So we got a process in place. And I'd pick her up, and she failed both times. And I'd tell her it's all right, give her a hug. I said, we're coming back next week. Um, she passed her written test and then she had to take the driving test and and um she passed her driving test on the first time and a church that we partner with um made a donation we were able to buy her a car for christmas wow. a minivan and that just totally opened up her world and we're continuing to walk with this family you know so it's about if folks came into west boulevard ministry the end well what can i do and i'd be like well first of all i need you here and um and i want you to keep coming back and if you came a couple times and you didn't end up coming back, it's okay. But I would just encourage you to go find somewhere else then that you can serve. Because one thing about West Boulevard, you get involved in over there, you're going to feel some stuff. Um, you're going to see some stuff. You know, one of my big prayers is, is I pray to God, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Now, that's a big prayer because um, I can't walk by a lot. I can't walk by a lot. And, um, you know, sometimes, guys, we might think we have it rough. It's not only in West Boulevard, but there's kids all over this world that are hurting, that want to be loved so bad, so bad. And, um, but I assure you this, everyone, every, everybody can make a difference. We got to quit. Look, we, we got to have to stop looking inward and start looking outward. It's not about me. It's not about any of us. Yash, Scott, Brian, it's not about us. It's supposed to be about other people. And that's where the freedom comes in, where chains and bondage is broken, and where our light that we're living in can give the person to our right or to our left the freedom to do the same thing. So, um, you know, and letting all these children know and, and these parents know that they're worthy and they're perfectly made in God's image and, and that, you know, there's great things for them, but they got to put in the work. We're not there to um, co-sign anything. In the rooms of AA, I typically say, I ain't here co-signing one's BS. I'm not co-signing anything, but we're going to talk about plans and processes and get things in place. And as long as someone's putting in the work, we're right there with you. And if you fall down, let's let's brush it off and let's talk about it. Let's learn from it and let's move forward. And that's crazy coming out of my mouth, man, because I'll tell you what, you talk about falling down. Dude, your story is so, so inspiring, man. And, and I think most people that, we all have a story, right? But most people won't ever share it. People are embarrassed of their mm. failures, right? Yeah. And good Lord, man, you are putting it out there, brother. And I think more of us need to do that. Um, and I think one person that's hearing your story, 
that may be struggling on the same road right now maybe could impact their life and, and change the way they're going about doing things. And I, I commend you. Well, well, it, thank you. Awesome story, man. And, and, and guys, I can talk and talk and talk. And I, and I said this at a Bible study this morning. We're, we don't always have to close the deal. And what I mean by that is like, we don't have to come in and, all right, listen, we fixed this situation. We're just called to be a touch, be part of someone else's story. Because there are a lot of people that were a touch involved in why I'm sitting right here with you gentlemen. So it's about being a touch. And I don't always have to be the closer, man. I don't need to have my stamp on it. But I need to be able to put myself in a position of humility and openness and and find that find the similarities. We all walk around society looking at why everyone's different from us. Why don't we walk around and talk about how we're similar to one another? See, that's the great disconnect. Ah, that's not going to happen to me. I'm different. Or, you know, this can't work for me. Or or whatever it is, we're always talking our way out of something instead of talking our way into it. Yep. That's powerful. Hands down, man. Well, I mean, uh, I don't think there's a better way to end it. Bart, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast, man. I, I love your story. Like Scott said, thank you so much for sharing it. Well, thank I, you, guys. I, like, I... I think this will definitely help a lot of people, and, and I, hopefully people in Charlotte will, will make that step and, and, and donate their time. Well, I appreciate that, and I will end with this, and I promise it's a lot of times I say that, and I talk for another 10 minutes. When it comes to addiction, addiction, whether it's alcoholism and drug addiction or a lot of other ones, and trust me, I, I had the list. There's a way out. And the first thing in doing it is addressing it and speaking it and taking the power over it and, and communicating with someone else, whether it's a, a loved one close to you, whether it's someone at your school, whether it's someone in your work, and speaking it and taking that, taking it away from you and sharing with someone else. And then the next step is finding the help. You know, one thing, if, if there's anyone struggling out there, the place I mentioned, Hebron Colony Ministries, um, that's for men. The, that's in Boone, North Carolina. They have a sister facility in Santee, South Carolina. I am their liaison for the Charlotte metro area. Um, so guys that get out, call me, and, and we get in contact and meet. If anyone's interested in speaking to about that program with me, um, feel free to reach out to me via the website, and let's, 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 let's get some coffee and sit down and have a conversation about it, and I'll share my experience with you because um, what addiction will want to do is keep you isolated and keep you quiet while it slowly rips you apart and rips your family apart around you. Um, but there is a way out. So uh, once again, thank you guys so much for having me. God bless and have a great day. Absolutely. Thank you, Thank you, Mark. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.